This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring Adam Ince of Tidbits and Take Control Books and John Martellaro of the Mac Observer will cover Apple's media event and the reaction and lots more on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> we have Adam Ince of Tidbits and Take Control Books and we've got a big agenda to tackle, so let's begin. First of all, Adam, welcome back to the show. Did any of the people from Tidbits go to San Francisco this week for Apple's big event? Oh, no. <laughs> it's just totally not worth it with Apple webcasting. it. You can see everything that the people in the audience see, and uh, you can actually get some work done on covering it right away. Of course, you don't get the hands-on. It's true, but realistically... The hands-on is one of those things that you will not likely find any details that other publications are going to find and report on, and it's just a fact. You can just share the fact at that point. So in an ideal world where it didn't cost anything or take any time to fly to Cupertino, sure, we'd go and touch it. But, you know, for the concept of I mean, we're on the East Coast, so, you know, you know, overnight trips and blah, 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 it's just way, way too much effort and totally not worth it. I remember I used to go for one day trips from Arizona to San Francisco or Cupertino. Of course, Cupertino the trip involves taking a plane to San Jose and then cabbing it and hoping the cab will be fast enough to get you there before the event's about to begin because that's how tight the schedules were. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sort of thing which, you know, I know busy, you know, serious business executives still do that kind of stuff sometimes, but the internet really has eliminated a great deal of that. You know, the the webcasts have worked pretty well. Actually, the this webcast was perfect. The last webcast, I'm blanking which one it was, uh, WWDC perhaps, was a complete failure for Apple. That one they just biffed for some reason. But uh, we watched it on the Apple TV on the big screen, sitting in comfortable chairs and typing on laptops. It was great. Nothing like being there or nothing like not being there. <laughs> now, ahead of the event, what were your expectations and where do you feel Apple may have met those expectations, exceeded those expectations, or didn't meet the expectations. This may be an answer that lasts for 20 minutes, but you could start. Well, actually, no, it's in, it's in fact pretty easy. The reason is that I find that spending a lot of time thinking about what's going to happen with Apple is largely wasted. It is simple brain cycles that could be spent better on something else because it's not like you're going to change your behavior based on that speculation you're going to wait until they release what they're going to release, and then you're going to evaluate what that is. So it's just complete brain fry. And so my expectation, based on the two words spring forward, was, hmm, it will probably have something to do with the Apple Watch. Okay, let's wait till it, wait till it starts. So that's literally all I thought. 
And you know what? It did have something to do with the Apple Watch. And they didn't announce basically anything new other than availability and pricing details with regard to the Apple Watch, so, which is exactly what I was expecting them to do because that's what they would do at an a- event dedicated to the Apple Watch. And so my expectations were low and completely met. <laughs> now, ahead of the event, we were hearing about a so-called 12-inch MacBook Air with Retina display. And Apple came out with something that met that description, only they called it a MacBook, which is maybe why I call it MacBook lighter than air. <laughs> Boy, that's yeah. a slim thing. Yeah, they, they, they pumped some helium in there. I do find the nomenclature surrounding the new MacBook, the 12-inch MacBook, to be confusing. I don't know quite what Apple's getting at. It's possible that having an 11, 12, and 13-inch MacBook Air where the 12 was just really different was too confusing as well. And so they decided to make it the MacBook. And they can't call it a MacBook Pro because it seems like it's not going to be particularly powerful performance-wise. So, I mean, you can see the logical steps that took them to the name, but I do feel as though they have a rather confused laptop line at this point. Of course, there is a legacy MacBook that's still in there, a MacBook Pro, and they've got the MacBook Pro with retina display, and they've got the MacBook Air, but now they have MacBook. Does this mean it's the first of a brand new product line of slimmer and lighter notebooks, but then there are reasons why it can't replace the Pro, as you said. It's the fact that the CPU, the Intel M, is the lowest power thing they've ever offered on a Mac. Yeah, I don't know how the the Intel Core M is going to benchmark out, but I I agree, it's probably relatively slow. My suspicion is, is that they couldn't get rid of the MacBook Airs because the price point is just wrong. In to do that. So the new one starts at 1300 The 11-inch MacBook Air starts at 900 That's just too big a difference. It feels to me as though this is the kind of thing that an earlier Apple, which was much more focused on having fewer products, might have dropped the MacBook Airs and just sort of said, tough noogies, you know, you'll pay more. But, you know, Apple is now a kind of a large enough company that they can support all these different, slightly odd SKUs, stock keeping units, without too much confusion because people will say, oh, yes, I want the extreme portability, so I'll go for the new 12-inch MacBook. Or I want great portability, but I really can't justify that kind of price, so I'll go for an 11-inch MacBook Air. Or, you know, I really need the most performance, so I'll go for the 13-inch MacBook Pro, and well, then I get to decide whether or not I want the Retina display or not. And so there's just a lot of choices now. That's not a bad thing, but it's definitely a far step from, you know, Apple of 10 years ago when they would be really, really trying to pare down the product line. Actually, probably more like Apple like 15 or 20 years ago, trying to pare down the product line so that it was always obvious what you'd buy. Is it possible this MacBook is meant to go in both directions? As prices come down for Retina displays, they come out with a smaller version that replaces the current MacBook Air and a more powerful version that encroaches the MacBook Pro territory. I don't mean next year, maybe the year after, maybe when you have that combination of power and low power consumption that's not quite there yet. I don't know. It feels weird to me they would have chosen 12-inch for the screen size if they were planning on coming out with another light one. 
why not 11 then? Why not 13? You know, that those, why split the difference? So, what I would more expect, I guess, is that in a year or two, that the MacBook Airs would disappear. And this would just be the the machine for the, the people who want the most portable portable Mac. As far as it moving up in the line, I'm certain that we will see some of the technologies move up in the line. We already have with the Force uh, the Force Touch key, trackpad, but I sort of doubt that it will be exactly the same. Simply because you need too much performance in the MacBook Pro for it to really be a MacBook Pro. Maybe the possibility here is there will be a slimmer, lighter MacBook Pro, but it won't be that slim. It'll be one step up. The reason why they can get it to be that slim and that small is that they were able to eliminate a great deal of the motherboard size and fan and then vents and sort of all and ports and all that kind of stuff. But if you're buying a MacBook Pro, you're going to want the ports. You're going to want the performance that will require the larger, hotter logic board, which will require the fan. All of those decisions start making it larger. That's why I say I think the technologies and the lessons that they're learning from this new one will absolutely be making their way into the line. How that will exactly happen, I don't know. I mean, you know, if I were going to throw throw everything up in the air and wave a magic wand and have it come down, what I would want to see is the 12-inch MacBook as the, you know, sort of the low-end portable and then a 13-inch MacBook Pro and a 15-inch MacBook Pro retina displays across the line, USB-C across the line, but other ports on the bigger ones, um, and, you know, and performance scaling smoothly. Let's continue this in our next segment with Adam Inkst. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. 
For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. what one doctor has to say about Extendivite. I would like to thank you, Don, for making my job so much easier because your products just make it so simple, right? To fool around with a lot of exotic things that don't work. We can just put them on your product and things start to work almost right away. I've had dozens and dozens of patients with uh, heart problems who have corrected them. And what it's doing, there's so much garlic in there that has a yeast-killing effect. The yeast is a big problem in the gut, pushes the liver heart. It also has metal chelating effect. And most of the other herbs in there I find that strengthen the arteries. They help to neutralize free radicals. Your remedy close to what we do in our program as you can get as far as one supplement goes. It's working on the, the gut, it's working on the liver, it's working on the arteries. What more can you ask for? To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. By now, you may have heard a bit about Bitcoins. But did you know Bitcoins are now over an $8.5 billion market? And did you know that over 65,000 businesses now accept Bitcoins? Listen, if you're already earning Bitcoins or trying to make money in the Bitcoin market, you've got to know BidBit.co. Why? Because BidBit.co is where you can easily receive Bitcoins by selling and auctioning off your own personal items or promote business products and services for Bitcoins. You heard right. Whether personal or business, you can now buy, sell, and auction auction your products and services quickly, easily, and securely for Bitcoin at BidBit.co, the first and only marketplace website to offer BidBit escrow, a proprietary technology which gives buyers and sellers security and peace of mind because all transactions are protected. Start today. It's free to join, free to post, free to auction, and free to bid at BidBit.co. Buy, sell, bid, or auction everything Bitcoin. That's www.bidbit.co. BidBit.co. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live with Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books. We're talking about the new MacBook, which may be called the MacBook Lighter Than Air because it weighs two pounds. Now, as you say, bringing some of these technologies to other models like the Force Touch trackpad, which is a really horrible tongue twister. How did Apple do that? But the keyboard is obviously thinner. All these yes. miniaturization things, maybe they can make a MacBook Pro that's instead of being four and a half pounds, give or take a few ounces, three and a half pounds or three pounds. Sure. So we'll see that technology in a professional model and it bringing it down in size in a way that makes it much lighter. Yeah, I think it's no question that stuff's going to be moving forward. Apple doesn't do one-offs. Or they don't do one-offs in the sense of coming up with a new technology and then never using it again. 
So, you know, that they, all of the stuff they came up with, I mean, and they, they, they spent a lot of time talking about the technology in the new 12-inch MacBook, you know, in terms of the contoured terraced batteries and the new butterfly switch mechanism for, that makes the, allows the keyboard to be thinner and more responsive and, and the keycaps to be bigger and just all this kind of stuff. I mean, they're clearly putting a great deal of thought and engineering into this stuff and that's not going to be thrown away. I mean, they're not, it's not like they're going to just keep producing the MacBook. MacBook Air and MacBook Pro exactly as they have been. They're they're going to start taking advantage of that keyboard in all the in all the devices and that trackpad and all of those batteries, just everything. So whether or not that will be super obvious to the consumer is another question. It may just be the 13-inch MacBook Pro with Retina Display now does now does all these things that, that just going to be kind of sliding and sliding it in behind the scenes. All right, let's take a look at that keyboard. That keyboard is certainly controversial. And the reason is, from what I'm reading, these are the hands-on experiences. Hands-on being minutes. You know, you have Apple standing over you. You can't spend two hours on the sample notebooks they have at one of these demonstrations. So they spent a little time with it. And some people like the keyboard. Others think it's a bit difficult to get used to because you don't have the amount of travel as you do in a conventional keyboard. But it's springy. So what can you say? You get used to it. You know, you always get used to what you type on. The one thing I will say is that for people who are buying the new 12-inch MacBook, it is not likely to be their primary computer, that it's not designed for that. It's designed for extreme portability. As a result, if you have one of these, you may not be typing on it nearly as much as you are typing on your main iMac or whatever. And so it's possible if it feels different and it's a little, it feels a little awkward, that will nag at you longer than it would if it were your main computer. But realistically, you can get used to just about anything, except typing on an iPad. I hate that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you added that. And this is interesting, too, because they've made this so thin, it's not that much heavier than the original iPad, which was what, like a pound and a half or something yeah. like that. You're talking about like nine ounces heavier than the original 9.7-inch iPad. You have to look at that technology from that level. Now, let's look at USB-C. Now, USB-C superficially is kind of sort of similar to Lightning because it's reversible. Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah. The second thing is here, it performs multiple different inputs, but not Thunderbolt. So it's yeah. a combo. it's a combo port that can do a lot of things. But one argument that Ars Technica made is suddenly you're going to be stuck with dongles if you want to connect those things. Yeah. It's worth noting that USB-C is the connector type. So it's a new connector type. It is reversible, which is nice. So you can flip it back and forth. You don't have to get plug it in exactly right, which I will admit drives me up the wall with normal USB. And over the USB-C connector and cable is what you'll be getting is USB 3.1, which is sort of the logical specification of how the data transfers. And that's a high-speed bus so that you'll get, I think it was 5 gigabits per second, which is nice nice and fast. So if you plug in a hard drive, you'll get good performance, for instance, that way. And as you know, it can also transfer video. So you can buy from Apple an HDMI or a VGA adapter so that you could plug in an HDMI or a VGA monitor. Um, It's not clear why they didn't come out with other adapters, like for DisplayPort or 
Thunderbolt or well, Thunderbolt would be DisplayPort or DVI. It was just, it was just, there was a lot, honestly. Um, I don't quite understand Apple's choice of those two based on what I found I need to plug into. But the adapters, it's also worth noting, have actually three ports in them. So you plug into the USB-C port on the 12-inch MacBook. It's the only port it has. It has one port. Actually, it's not true. It has a headphone jack, too. It has that one, one USB-C port. And then the adapter, the dongle, is this big thing that actually has three ports on it. It has another USB-C port so you can charge. It has the video port, HDMI or VGA. And it has a normal USB port. And so that allows you to plug in a variety of things. In essence, it's a little USB hub. A $79 USB hub. <laughs> okay, so it's an expensive USB hub. <laughs> but the thing is, this is an international standard. So Apple can't charge a licensing fee for some kind of USB-C adapter. Any company can produce that. Yes, that is true. And we may be, we may be seeing a bunch more of that kind of thing because of it. All right, so that's an advantage. Now, the other thing to bear in mind here is, does this mean if you have USB-C on a new MacBook that Apple moves to USB-C on future generation iPads and iPhones? Because certainly it ought to be able to do the job, and that way Apple can offer one port for everything, at least for power and some basic connectivity. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, Ars Technica at some point did have a, and this was actually not recently, but they had a picture of USB-C next to Lightning and micro USB. And USB-C is a little bigger. It's not a lot bigger, but it's a little bigger. And that could be an issue in terms of size. I mean, the the iPhones and, and iPads are just so thin these days, there may not be room. And more to the point, actually, I don't think Lightning will go away because... Apple controls Lightning. Apple says exactly what Lightning can do, can't do, and who's allowed to do what with it. And Apple likes that. (laughs) Apple really likes that level of control. So um, it feels to me as though USB-C makes sense on the computer end of things, but does not make sense at the iOS device end of things. I guess Apple knows. Apple has the answer. Uh, yes, and, and Apple's not talking like Apple's never talks. So there's, you know, but but I wouldn't. I mean, I see again. You know, if you want to think about the, if you want to, bum, you know, bundle this into the things that you think about, don't bother. It'll happen or it won't. There's nothing you can do about it either way. Wasted brain cycles. Now, this new keyboard, I would kind of think here the investment Apple made. They could pretty much change all their keyboards over to that design over the next couple of years. And I want to ask you more about that because keyboards are so important. We have Adam Inks of Take Control Books and Tidbits. We've got a lot more to come. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Neighbors, let Bitdefender worry about security. Just enjoy your Mac. Bitdefender antivirus for Mac. Complete protection 24-7. And take a selfie with your Mac, post it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and tag it Hug a Mac for a chance to win a MacBook Air. 
To learn more, go to bitdefender.com backslash hugamac, bitdefender.com backslash hugamac. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. If the IRS has garnished your paycheck or seized money from your bank account, you need to get professional tax help now. Fast action is required to put a halt to these aggressive IRS collection tactics. You can count on the knowledgeable team of tax professionals at Wall & Associates. With over 30 years of experience, Wall & Associates has settled the tax problems of thousands of taxpayers for a small fraction of what they owed. For a free face-to-face consultation, call 1-800-425-4610 to put a wall between you and the IRS. 1-800-425-4610 or look for us on the web at wallandassociates.net. We solve tax problems. If you hire Walland Associates today, you'll never have to talk to the IRS again. To stop the levies and seizures today, take action now. Call Walland Associates at 1-800-425-4610. Wall and Associates. 1-800-425-4610. Based on actual cases, results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of hb extract it's extremely effective and it starts working in just days visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers and we've never increased our price in over 10 years that makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it a healthy heart is a happy heart call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. 
Now, I just want to mention to our listeners that we have this special feature of the show called Tech Night Owl Plus. Tech Night Owl Plus. And to get more information about it, you go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. What do you get there? You get the version of this show with higher quality audio. We knock off 41 minutes of network ads and we make it available in a convenient, easy to download package. Plus.technightowl.com. It's all for a modest monthly, annual, or five-year subscription fee. We've got animating some tidbits and take control books. Looking at the new features of the MacBook, which are things that will likely, to some extent, end up in other Macs because Apple doesn't just spend all this time developing technology without spreading the joy. So if we're going to spread the joy, we have USB-C that may appear on other Macs, even if it's questionable, that'll go to the iOS gear. And we have that keyboard. And I don't think it'd take much for Apple to basically replace all their keyboards with that design. This way, it's kind of like right now with your notebook and your desktop keyboard, they have kind of sort of the same feel. So now if you're going to a totally new design, have them on all the new devices, offer keyboards with that technology. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if we didn't see that working its way into the, the Apple wired and wireless keyboards as well. Hopefully, if there is some concern, and I obviously haven't touched one of these yet either, that is, it is a worse feel in, um, in some ways that, you know, Apple would address that. In other words, on a, on a standalone keyboard, there's no need for it to be as thin as possible. And so if they having it be thin, too thin and having less travel bothers some people, you know, hopefully they would just not make it so thin on, uh, on those, those, those standalone keyboards. This is for someone who might have looked at the first generation MacBook Air several years ago. It's thinner and lighter than current models, doesn't have as much CPU horsepower, fewer ports. It's a compromise, but we have to see what direction Apple takes it in. I mean, actually, I was just just thinking back. When the MacBook Airs first came out and Steve Jobs pulled one out of that manila envelope, which was kind of amusing, they were really talked about as you know, the executive MacBook. You know, it was the MacBook for the people who were happy to make it, you know, to pay a little bit more and didn't really need high performance and, you know, traveled a lot. And, you know, so there, it was a kind of a specific type. I think this new 12-inch MacBook really does fit that same profile, whereas the MacBook Air, particularly the 11-inch model, is also the cheapest Mac, MacBook. So that one's, you know, in a different profile now. Does that also cannibalize even further the iPad? People might have been looking at the iPad because they want something really slim and light. And suddenly for not much more in physical weight, you got something with a 12-inch screen with a more or less traditional keyboard, but you have to pay more, of course. But doesn't that make people think twice about iPads? It's a good question. IPads? It's a really good question. Personally, I have a little trouble seeing um, there being a decision between an iPad and a MacBook. That's partly me because for me, doing work requires a MacBook. It's as simple as that, that the iPad is not useful for getting my work done. However, if you travel a fair amount, uh, you're fairly mobile, but you're really only doing email and, and web browsing and, you know, kind of minimal stuff like that, maybe then it becomes more of a, you know, more of a question. And 
you know, I also, I guess, have a little bit of trouble really worrying about how much these things weigh, because the fact is, is you've got to carry it in something. You know, you've got it in a bag of some sort. And usually my experience is, is the bag actually is enough bigger and heavier than everything else that by the time you're talking a few ounces here, a few ounces there, it really doesn't matter anymore. You know, we are not at the point where you can say, wow, the Mac Portable is great, but it weighs 15 pounds and I actually can't carry that comfortably for any amount of time. That's just not an issue anymore. I mean, these things, these things are, are all really in the same ballpark. Yeah, I, don't, I don't see a whole lot of difference between two pounds and three pounds or one pound and two pounds. Well, I have to carry around my 6.6 pound, 17 inch MacBook Pro because I don't want anything smaller than 17 inches. And that's actually 6.6 pounds to two pounds is a big difference. Oh, sure. And that hurts. That really hurts. I wear the shoulder pad, a little bit of a shoulder pad on the carrying case. It's supposed to help. But if I take it across a large airport or something or for a big walk, it starts digging into my shoulders. Yeah, no, that's real. And, you know, and as I said, it's... as an experiment a number of years ago, actually, I, I, I took my laptop bag apart and emptied it out completely and weighed everything. You know, just, I'd gone to Macworld, and I was thinking, man, this bag is heavy. You know, why is this true even though my, my computer is now so light? And by the time I, you know, oh, I had, I had magazines for the plane and I had, there was a little bit, of, there were, you know, a bunch of dongles and adapters and cables and the power adapter and there was loose change and there were notebooks and just things I felt like I needed to have with me in the laptop bag. By the time it all added up, I think it was like, I don't know. 16 pounds or something. I mean, it was, it was not light. And so, you know, that was, it was sobering in some ways to really see where the weight went. This is something that you know, men may not run into as much, but I'll bet women do periodically when they say, my goodness, why is this purse so heavy? And then you start digging around in it and you realize how much crud there is in there and do you really need it all? Maybe you start uh, cleaning it out or, you know, figuring out what you really do need because the weight's getting a little annoying. Well, I'll tell you what, don't say that to Tanya or she might take that bag and hit you on the head with it. Uh, Tanya's not a big purse person, so I'm not too worried. (laughs) Okay, my wife kind of keeps it lean and mean too. So I understand. Okay, let's move on to some other announcements. Very briefly, Tim Cook says, Apple TV. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be something great. They're finally going to see what's going to happen with Apple's TV living room initiative. So they cut $30 off the purchase price. Woohoo! Okay, can we move on now? <laughs> and they sent out a little software update. Eh, minor stuff, yeah. I, it was interesting. I mean, obviously, the, the big part of the TV announcement was the temporary exclusive deal with HBO, which, fine, yeah, whatever. But it was interesting that nothing had happened. Um, Josh Centers, who, who writes about Apple TV stuff for us, pays a lot of attention to that, believes that... Apple is really trying to do something big with the Apple TV, but it's basically being stymied in negotiations with the cable and satellite companies because, you know, there's there's a lot of entrenched interests in that world. If Apple is trying to do something large 
and splashy, they may need to get a lot of people on board. Because it doesn't make sense that the Apple TV was a th- you know, has really not changed in any significant way in quite some time. And so, you know, makes sense that they dropped the price a little bit because it wasn't competing very well with a lot of the newer devices. But you wonder here, Apple could still make hardware changes. They can make it faster. Stick in a faster processor. Maybe they can make the interface a little smoother for handling all the extra channels. They could add 4K support. Well, see, they, right, they could. But the point is, is that what if, for instance, the Apple TV is designed to take over completely from a set-top box? That's completely different hardware. And you wouldn't want that hardware... If you're, if that's your goal, if that's you know if that's that's the end goal for the fourth generation Apple TV, then you do not want to waste time making it a little faster or make, giving it 4K display support, you know, for in theory a few months before you you know can close all these deals and can get Comcast actually putting Apple TVs in play in every every household. So if yeah, who knows what they're actually planning, but it just seems that whatever it is must be something that affects hardware design to make it not worth bothering to uh, as you say do the do the simple little hardware upgrades that are otherwise quite obvious. Interesting point. We have Adam Inks of Take Control Books. And tidbits, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Are you hungry for delicious, nutritious, rich, and satisfying home-cooked meals? Discover the Vita Clay 4-in-1 Smart Organic Cooker. Unglazed Zisha Clay, an ancient secret that makes this fast multi-cooker so special. Infusing your food with incredible flavors, perfect texture, vitamins, and minerals for your good health. It's a slow cooker, rice cooker, a steamer, plus a yogurt maker. Go to VitaClayChef.com and enter promo code RADIO20 for 20% off at checkout. That's VitaClayChef.com. This is David Cordani, CEO of Cigna. For more than 20 years, Cigna has worked with the March of Dimes to address premature births in the U.S., Thank you for taking time to learn more about how you could support March for Babies in 2015. Premature births cause horrible suffering and cost billions of dollars each year. That's why Cigna is committed to raising funds and awareness through our employees, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies. Please join us in supporting the March for Babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. 
Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. So who else will you meet at the Get Prepared Expo? For starters, from Republic Broadcasting, John Moore and John Statmiller. From GCN, Aaron and Brad Dakins, Joyce Riley, and me, Vincent Finelli. Joining us are the instructors whom you've learned to trust. Surgeon of the Year, Dr. Norman Shuley. Engineer, Matt Stein. The real Fox Mulder of the X-Files, Dr. Richard Allen Miller. Author and analyst, Captain John Reagan. Your counter-terrorist from Central America, Mike Ma. Dental center owner and my dentist, Dr. Howard Shane. Radiation instructor, Craig Douglas. Author and survivalist, Rich Sheevan. Author, Judy Dollarheit. Cancer Center owner from Mexico, Dr. Patrick Vickers. Bug out expert and pilot, Captain Bill Sermo. Beekeeper, Jeff Maddox. Seedsman, Mike Knox. Author, Gayla Pruitt. Author, Harry Cooper. Food expert, Joe Acapinti. And Bill Whaley, the junk man. March 27, 28, and 29. GetPreparedExpo.com, the largest preparedness and survival expo in the USA. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books is with us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl live. And as we see, Apple did the stopgap with Apple TV, made $30 cheaper what about the suggestion of a modest hardware upgrade, but maybe it requires a lot more than that, or maybe the next Apple TV will be an Apple TV Pro. Keep this one in the lineup with software updates and have something for $99 with the new stuff. Yeah, I don't buy that. It doesn't feel to me like there's enough differentiation where they would bother. You know, they, the second generation Apple TV, which is what we have, it hasn't been able to get the latest software, but honestly, we haven't noticed or cared. You can still watch House of Cards. We could still watch House of Cards, where they're very unpleasant all the time. It's a little hard to figure out sometimes why people like watching TV where everyone's unpleasant. Well, the other thing here, too, is that this binge watching, I don't know, I could see a couple of episodes of something, but not 13 episodes. You know, you sit there for a whole day. It's a whole day, you know, because each segment is like 55, 60 minutes. This is, remember, is a, <laughs> like an hour TV show and no ads. And how do you do it? Although I have to tell you this, when I was young, this is after the time they had the movie serials, but they'd bring them back to the movie houses on occasion, sometimes have them on TV. And I buy the videotape of Captain Marvel or King of the Rocket Men or something. And you'd sit there and watch 
15 chapters in one sitting. And that was like four hours, which isn't so bad. I think the active words there are when I was young. When you actually have a job and a family and a life, you're not going to spend 13 hours watching some stupid TV show. Don't tell Kevin Spacey he'll send someone over there and you know, take care of it. All right, Apple TV, we're not going to project what's going to happen. As you say, agreements may need to be made, and possibly by this fall we'll see something so totally different. We didn't expect it. But we did expect kind of sort of pretty much what happened with Apple Watch. Yeah. I think people were predicting five-figure prices, yeah. yeah, and they I got five-figure prices. The high, the high-end ones are ludicrously expensive. Ludicrous. I mean, ten thousand to seventeen thousand dollars for some, and fine. You got the money, whatever. I'm not offended about that. The what what confuses me though is the upgrade scenario. This is not a Rolex. This is not something which is going to work forever. You know, I don't even know what brand it is, but I see ads for some watch. Um, I don't know, New York Times, somewhere like that, where like, oh, you never truly own a such and such. You just take care of it for the next generation. I mean, come on. Do we believe, do, does anyone seriously believe that Apple Watch in five years or 10 years is going to work or not be laughably silly? You know, I mean, it just, it's just, it's unthinkable that something that is depending on, um, on technology is going to hold its function in a useful way for 10 years, much less 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And I don't know, if you're spending $10,000, $15,000 on something like that, then I'd want it to last personally. Now, Maybe this is just the, you know, lots of rich, rich people in China mode, um, but we'll see. Well, the other thing that disappointed me is that there's no upgrade path. There's no way to swap out the core computing module. Or maybe there will be. Maybe there is, and they haven't announced it yet. That's just it. You know, even, even at the lower end ones, this does not feel to me like something like an iPhone, where you're going to be happy enough to, to, to trade it in every couple of years. And, and the iPhone obviously is encouraged in that by the two-year contracts. But at the same time, you know, Apple has done a pretty good job of making each successive iPhone have new features so that you kind of want it. You don't necessarily want it each year. I mean, you, they've actually, I think they've done that fairly well. You know, the S's, you wouldn't usually upgrade from a 5 to a 5S. But you would go from a 4S to a 5S or a 4S to a 6, and those get to be larger jumps. But, and we see with the iPad, actually, where the upgrade story is much less obvious. People are holding on to them longer. And lo and behold, sales are not doing the same kinds of things they do with the iPhone. And I think the Apple Watch is going to be even more of that, where it's going to be really hard to figure out why you should upgrade. And Unless people, Apple can give you an upgrade path for the future. Obviously, they're going to have to open the thing up to replace the battery. Yeah, and they so have The question is, can they replace the rest of it in a way that's easy enough that you can just take it into your Apple store, come back a couple of hours later, and you've got a brand new upgraded Apple Watch? Yeah, 
that's a that's a great question and i think in many ways is the the kind of the biggest question surrounding the apple watch and it's possible that apple doesn't know the answer to that yet that they may, I'm, I'm sure they've designed it with that question in mind but what we don't know is how how they will be able to put in the new features that they want in two years, three years, four years, if that will be possible to keep it within the same outer physical form factor. I hope they have a long-range plan. I assume they do. They don't spend all this time developing new metallurgical schemes for gold and everything else if they don't have a long-range plan in effect. Apple doesn't do that kind of thing. So they have to consider... Is this a watch for all time? What do you do about the internal components? Can you swap them out? Or is this just going to be the first version and next year it's a totally different story? But then for someone who just spent $10,000 on one of these things, that's going to be a pretty disappointing story unless you offer them a trade-in of some sort. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very, it's very interesting. Uh, and... I'm a little surprised they haven't said anything about it. I mean, just the, the, the fact that they, they did admit the battery could be replaced and they expected it to last about three years was interesting because that says to me that they are anticipating that a, an Apple Watch will still be in use in three to four years and, and thus will need a battery. Hmm. You know, that they, if, if, they, if they were just you know, not concerned about the battery, then they wouldn't have made that possible. And, you know, and the, the assumption would have been that you would just trade it in in some way and get a new one. But, you know, they're saying, oh, yes, we're going to be able to do that. And it's, I believe, actually, there's some law in California that requires that. Maybe be for seven years. There's there's something that there's something like you have to maintain repairability and parts and stuff of of any device sold in California for seven years. I can't remember the details on that, but that actually has driven certain kinds of policies because you know you cannot just assume that whatever it is will be tossed. Maybe that's why more Macs are being supported for longer periods of time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, as uh, all the new Macs have built-in batteries, you can't take the battery out. So if, you know, you want to be able to keep using this Mac in, you know, four or five years when the battery is pretty beat, you, you know, Apple needs to have some way of, of supporting that. And so, so yeah, I mean, I can, again, wave a magic wand and say what I would like to see, which is just what we were suggesting, that the, this, the form factor of the Apple Watch is going to be the same for a very long time, and that Apple will allow new, you know, allow you to swap in entire modules such that you can keep your Apple Watch, and in two years, go get new guts. And hopefully the new guts will not be super expensive, although knowing Apple, they will be expensive enough such that you'll have to always think about whether or not you should just buy a new Apple Watch and hand this one down to someone else. Well, it would be for the cheaper models expensive. But if you're just replacing the core components of a gold yeah, that, model, that which is not, does not have gold in it, it wouldn't be so costly. Yeah. So if you charge like $200 for the upgrade... Yeah, I'm guessing two hundred dollars, two fifty, for the upgrade. 
that's a lot if you spend $349 for the watch. Not so much if you're spending, what, $549 for a stainless steel model. But if you're spending $10,000, it's nothing. Mm. So, so if we think back a little bit, think back to the iPods. Apple had, you know, the classic iPod form factor for quite a while. You Let's know, the, go into that in a few moments. The fact that Apple continued a basic, classic iPod style for a number of years remained in production until they stopped. Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books never stops. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. By now, you heard about Bitcoins. But did you know that over 65,000 businesses accept Bitcoins? Listen, if you're already earning Bitcoins or trying to make money in the Bitcoin market, you've got to know BidBit.co. Because at BidBit.co, you can receive Bitcoin by selling your personal items or business products. You heard right. Whether personal or business, you can now buy, sell, and auction your products quickly, easily, and securely at BidBit.co. That's B-I-D-B-I-T.co. BidBit.co. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So let's talk about the iPod, the classic iPod 160 gigabyte Mechanical hard drive was around for what, four or five years? Oh, that was long for a long time. But more what I was thinking was go back to the very first ones. How big were they? Five gig, something like that? Ten gig? Can't remember. But the point being that that form factor stuck around for quite a while, you know, both in, in the actual kind of main, as the, as the main iPod. And obviously then it stuck around for a long time as the iPod Classic. 
I wonder if what we might see with the Apple Watch is sort of what we're suggesting, where you know they'll kind of upgrade the guts of it, but that at some point they'll come out with you know Apple Watch Mini or Apple Watch Two or whatever it is, Apple Watch Air, that will be a completely and utterly different case design. Imagine the bands would be the same because why would you why would you lose all the engineering and have that you know but a different case design that would allow them to do some different things because it would just be a different product well the so one thing words, that's different here is having a completely standalone well, no longer a companion for the iPhone yes and so right precisely so that could be an example so you know the original apple watch is just just a companion to the iPhone. The Apple Watch 2 is actually a completely independent device. And so at the point where they do that, no, you wouldn't sort of expect your Apple Watch to get that kind of feature. If you offer it with a built-in wireless phone, you can then go to your AT&T or your T-Mobile and get a subsidized Mm -hmm. Apple Watch. Precisely. So there, there, you know, there's some possibilities there that that basically do not obviate any, you know, they they sort of work with all the all the all the approaches, and you know that you could still, you know, you're buying your seventeen thousand dollar gold Apple Watch now, and yeah, they'll keep the they'll keep the guts upgraded because that's actually relatively easy to do. But there's a limit to what it will always be able to do because of that form factor, and that and they thus Apple does not become constrained by the form factor. They just have to come up with a completely different product that does some different things. And if you want those different truly different things, you'll need to buy the new product. You can't just upgrade. And that would be the next generation Apple Watch, and you keep the classic around, you update it for what the seven years required by California law, and that's it. And people know this is the finite life cycle, and then do what you got to do. Take the gold and melt it down. I was going to say the people the, the the people who paid their ten to seventeen thousand dollars are probably still pissed at that point. But you know, <laughs> there's a limit to what you can do. Well, they've got to know that going in. They have to realize it's not like taking a twenty year old Rolex and it works. In fact, I have a fake Rolex right here. My sister in law's late husband went around with a fake Rolex, and I have it right here. And it's really dirty, and the crown is broken. And maybe I could take it to a watch repair person say all right clean it up give me a cheap crown and i'll claim i have a rolex i don't know but it's like 20 years old well and you know as i said i do feel as though there's still an awkward line to walk for with apple and those people that they have to be willing to buy something which is has a lifespan now it's possible again um, this is not a world i know anything about but you know let's face it people will spend five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars on a a a dolce and gabbana bag um you know high-end fashion costs money and it's fashion so by definition it's out of fashion within a certain amount of time and you will never wear it again so maybe a watch falls is is apple is expecting the watch to fall into that category rather than the watch category where they're in some ways ha, ha, timeless will you buy one? 
oh yeah, <laughs> I have to. It's not really optional for me. <laughs> um, mine will not, however, be a ten thousand dollar one. Mine will be a you know three hundred and fifty or four hundred dollar one. I'm a little annoyed that the forty two millimeter ones are more expensive. Feels like a tax for just being a guy. It's a guy tax. Yeah, yeah, and just kind of in the. Uh, I could see it if the, you know, I can sort of see it when you're talking the gold and there's actually more gold in them and things like that. But it just doesn't feel like the materials difference should really be $50 difference for, you know, the the low end watches. Well, that, understand you also get a slightly bigger battery. Evidently, it, it supposedly yeah. lasts a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure you do. I mean, it's it's got we got just a little bit more space in there, and so you know maybe that's it. But it just it 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 feels like it feels confusing. It feels like a bad customer story that you that you feel like well you know I have to get this one because the little one will look silly on me, um, and therefore you know I have to pay the extra money just because. Yeah, you know, it's not like you're necessarily choosing it for function. It's not like you're getting more storage. You know that Apple Apple often does this with um, you know with the you know the iPhones and the iPads and whatnot, where you know you're you're paying more for the storage and it feels a little you know a little weird sometimes. To, but yeah, you need the storage, so you so you pony up the extra hundred bucks. At but, least they give you more storage now for for that extra hundred bucks. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. The 16, you know, the, the low end ones are, are, are a problem for a lot of people when, especially when you can't even upgrade from, uh, upgrade the OS, uh, without, uh, going to iTunes. But and I event, wonder here, Apple is selling an iPhone five C with eight gigabyte storage. How the heck can you put anything on there? Yeah. Well, as I said, it, it, what, what strikes me as the real problem is, is when you can't upgrade the OS. When iOS itself will not upgrade because you have too much stuff on there, that that feels to me that Apple has has hampered the core functionality of the device, and and you would expect to always be able to upgrade it. And if they can't make that happen, then they've done something wrong. Well, supposedly they've cut the size down some in the later iOS yeah. eight updates, and they are now reminding people go to iTunes if you still can't update. Yeah. Regardless, yeah, I think the you know I I'm I'm a little distressed honestly at the price of the the middle ones the Apple Watch and no names uh, just Apple Watch as opposed to Apple Watch Sport or the Gold Apple Watch editions and three fifty three fifty is was a price that I could grin and bear it but I'm not happy about it uh, but as soon as it jumps to five fifty. I just go no. I, I you know I cannot spend that kind of money on a watch, especially a watch which I don't even know how big a deal it's going to become for me. Maybe it'll be great. Maybe it's the next. Maybe maybe that you know I'll get the three fifty hundred and fifty dollar one and I'll love it and I'll wear it everywhere and I'll you know I'll I'll just want you know you know it'll be the next best thing since sliced bread. And then I'll buy the five hundred and fifty dollar one. You know that maybe that's true, but you know, boy, it just seems like an awful lot of money. It does. I don't know if I'm going to do one or not. 
<laughs> I understand the need for one's business. It is a business tax deduction. Yeah. And I yep. wear watches, you know, I admit that. But well, that's see, a bit that's of a stretch it. for me because I would probably want to get the 42 millimeter version. Yeah. Well, I do wear watches, but I actually only wear watches when I'm running. I do not wear watches normally. I mean, I have a pebble, which I wear somewhat, actually wear when I'm traveling. I like it when I'm traveling. Um, but, uh, but for the most part, I don't wear watches, actually. So I will have to get used to this, and that's not a problem. But I think that the whole fitness angle is, uh, is not actually going to make a difference for me because it's not going to do any of the things I want to do fitness-wise, which involve fairly serious exercise and workout tracking and all of that. You know, this is definitely not for athletes. It's not even waterproof, for goodness sakes. Yeah. We have Adam Inks and Tidbits and Take Control books for one more segment on the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. The freeze-dry guy, leader in the preparedness industry for 44 years, is closing his California warehouse. Don't miss out on this huge warehouse sale and receive discounts from 30 to 40% off on the finest mountain house and packaway brand freeze-dried and dehydrated foods for long-term food storage or even everyday use. Plus deep discounts on all in-stock survival gear. The freeze-dry guy is offering a wide selection of freeze-dried foods in number 10 cans and even individually packaged entrees. Remember, meats, vegetables, fruits, and long-range patrol rations are the main components for any long-term food storage. This is limited to stock on hand, so hurry and call 866-404-3663 or 530-798-4414. Remember, as always, free shipping to the lower 48 states. So hurry up and call 866-404-3663 
or 530-798-4414. Remember, this is limited to stock on hand. The freeze-dry guy is your choice for survival food in an uncertain world. So who else will you meet at the Get Prepared Expo? For starters, from Republic Broadcasting, John Moore and John Statmiller. From GCN, Aaron and Brad Dakins, Joyce Riley, and me, Vincent Finelli. Joining us are the instructors whom you've learned to trust. Surgeon of the Year, Dr. Norman Shealy. Engineer, Matt Stein. The real Fox Mulder of the X-Files, Dr. Richard Allen Miller. Author and analyst, Captain John Reagan. Your counter-terrorist from Central America, Mike Ma. Dental center owner and my dentist, Dr. Howard Shane. Radiation instructor, Craig Douglas. Author and survivalist, Rich Sheban. Author, Judy Dollarheit. Cancer center owner from Mexico, Dr. Patrick Vickers. Bug-out expert and pilot, Captain Bill Sermo. Beekeeper, Jeff Maddox. Seedsman, Mike Knox. Author, Gayla Pruitt. Author, Harry Cooper. Food expert, Joe Acapinti. And Bill Whaley, the junk man. March 27, 28, and 29. GetPreparedExpo.com, the largest preparedness and survival expo in the USA. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Do check out our new Tech Night Owl Plus feature at plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. For a modest monthly annual or five-year subscription rate, we give you a higher quality audio version of the show free of the network ads. People have asked us to do that. That's how we do that. Plus.technightowl.com. We have Adamink, some tidbits and take control books. And he's pointing out that with Apple Watch, it's not waterproof, but it's water resistant. So yeah, you can get your hands wet and you could take it in the rain, but you can't go diving with it. Yeah. And as a take it in the rain, that's a question. You know, problem is, is that the way I see water resistant is that you hope when you take it in the rain that it doesn't get hurt and you don't plan to take it in the rain because it might get hurt and you can't necessarily predict how hard it's going to be raining. So, you know, you're not going to take this thing into the shower and hold it under the tap because that would be dumb. You might kill it and it costs a lot of money. So, it just feels to me like Apple kind of biffed it here. Why would you make such an expensive watch that you're expecting to be used for fitness and then create a a situation where if it gets wet in just the wrong way, it's going to, you're going to kill it. Apple Watch. I'm not going to ask Adam to predict how it's going to sell. We don't have any idea. This is such a new (laughs) product space that anybody who predicts anything is going to be wrong. And that goes for all those industry analysts who are suggesting it's going to be a success. It's going to be a failure. Obviously, they're not going to have the same unit sales as an iPhone or even maybe an iPad. But we'll have to see where it goes. It may be more popular than any of us can predict. We have just a few moments left, Adam. I want to ask you a couple of quick questions. So speaking of security, getting into security, what is the freak attack? Actually, I haven't kept up with this. <laughs> I've right. heard the name, but that's about it. I, I will admit 
you know, I have to pay attention to this stuff a fair amount just because of what I do. And I, I said, I saw it yesterday towards the end of the day and did not have a chance to research it. But one thing that I will note is that I've been going back and looking at some of our previous security coverage. There's a whole lot of oh my God, the sky is falling. You know, this is the worst security breach ever. Remember the bash attack or there was the SSL bug or all this kind of stuff. When was the last time you heard about any of those? They get patched and they go away. Even when all the people say, oh, we'll never be able to patch all the places. This is going to be a problem. This is going to be a problem forever. No, it's not. All of these things go away. It's not that you shouldn't update because you should. You should pay attention to this stuff enough to know that when there's an update, you should deal with you know whatever software updates come in. You should install them relatively promptly, and you should move on. But there is a certain level of stressing about this stuff is just, again, one of those waste of brain cycles that you don't really need to know all the details because it's just going to go away as soon as the software update appears. And unless there's something that you need to do to change your behavior until the software update appears, then it's not really that important. We actually have a, a, a book in the works, going to be done in about five or six weeks, called Take Control of Security for Mac Users. Um, Joe Kissel's writing it. One of the ideas behind the book is just to lay out the things that you should do so that you don't have to think about security all the time. One of them is update your software regularly. Yeah, the longer you sit on old, up, non-upgraded stuff, the more vulnerable you actually are. Those updates are usually pretty benign. I haven't heard of security updates really causing grief. This is not like the Windows platform, where Microsoft releases an update and your Windows computer goes into a boot loop. Yeah. No, they've, they've had some problems over the years, but usually not a big deal. And, you know, I'm not saying that you have to, you know, be checking for updates on the hour, every hour, and installing instantly, because almost never are the problems that significant. But when you're prompted, when you have a moment, install it. Don't wait a month. Don't wait six months. It's fine to wait a week and then check to see if, you know, there's a lot of hullabaloo online. But usually when Apple screws one of these things up, people find out about it right away and Apple pulls it for a day and then re-releases it. So iOS 8.0.1. They pulled that in one hour and they got grief. Yeah. And, and, and they screwed up. They should take the blame for that. But the fact is, is relatively few people, percentage-wise anyway, um, were, were hurt by it. And so if you just wait a little bit, you know, wait a day, wait a few days, you're going to find out if there's a problem because the company will have, have done the right thing if they need to. So there's very little harm in doing most updates. And as long as you're not, you know, the first one out of the gate every time. That only happens with you and I. Yeah. Well, and, and actually, so the thing that I forgot to mention about, about first being first out of the gate, we actually did um, release an Apple Watch book. Um, Jeff Carlson has done Apple Watch, a take control crash course for us and trying to just collect all the 
information that's out there so that people can, you know, know what a Apple Watch can do, know how it stacks up to the competition, know how to do the basic things for when they are able to get it so that they don't have to, you know, learn it on the spot. And they're like, oh, yeah, the crown does this, and then, you know. So, but that's uh, that's available now, and we'll have a available now for half price because it's really short, and we'll have a free update as soon as we've actually gotten our Apple Watches and have had a chance to write the comprehensive documentation that people will be looking for at that point, probably in May. I wonder what kind of manual you're going to need for Apple Watch, though. I think it's actually going to be one of those situations where Apple will claim, "Oh, it's so easy." But you won't be able to figure out how to do anything um, until you either experiment a whole lot, you know, sort of do the video game approach of tapping everything in sight, or until someone tells you how to do it. That's, that's the way it is with the iPhone. Let's face it. You know, every time I see someone who's using an iPhone, they, they don't know how to use most of the things on it. And they maybe could figure it out on their own, but they'll re- realistically will figure it out when someone says, hey, if you do X, Y, Z, that will solve your problem. Well, as I said, you have to buy an Apple Watch because you've got a book out on it. You're going to get one because you have to. I don't know if I'm going to get one or not. Maybe I'll just ask Apple to send a review sample. Let's see how accommodating. I'll, say, I'll take an edition, 42 <laughs> millimeter, you know, with the Link bracelet, folks. Adam Inks, please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you do. Well, at tidbits.com, we have the full coverage of the Apple Spring Forward event, uh, all of the new MacBook Air, or new MacBook and uh, uh, Apple Watch information there. And at takecontrolbooks.com, we have uh, the Apple Watch Take Control Crash Course with all of that information. And actually over at Tibbets, we're also still doing the, we're actually streaming the Take Control of Security for Mac users to our Tibbets members, kind of like your, your Tech Night Owl Plus people. So people who want to read it before it comes out can do that, or they can wait a few weeks and it'll be out as a normal ebook at takecontrolbooks.com too. Adam Inks, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. No problem. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out.
There's a man named Dr. Joel Wallach who is anything but your typical doctor, both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician. Doc asks, why does the United States spend more money on health care by far and still rank 50th in health and longevity worldwide? He believes that people should empower themselves with a basic understanding of nutrition, take charge of their health, and attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs that lead to side effects and more toxic prescription drugs. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the big government, big pharma, and big insurance manipulation of our health care system. I'm George Norrie, and I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people about health care. Visit brightsideben.com and listen to Doc Wallach's Deadly Recipes lecture. It makes a lot of sense, and I urge you to join the Brightside Ben team. Go to brightsideben.com. That's brightsideben.com. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial, just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer here with his usual pithy comments. Did I say pithy? Or not so pithy? I can do that, sure. I have the right. All right, let's just frame it this way. So ahead of Apple's media event this week, there was speculation about something called a 12-inch MacBook Air, okay? Exactly. Now, my feeling here is we ended up with a 12-inch MacBook lighter than Air, but it looks like the critics, Apple's critics, are just worrying and fretting over the fact that, oh my God, it doesn't have enough ports. I can't use it. 
I gotta have my ports. Where's my ports? Oh, I'll tell you where the ports are. They're hidden. They're over on the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro, which were updated and are still for sale. So choose that one. The feeling here is that when Apple releases a new model, if it is not for them and only for them, it can't work. It can't succeed. Bingo, bingo, bingo. bingo. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were talking about that at the Mac Observer the other day. Uh, We're seeing more and more of this stuff. It's not right for me, so it's not right for anyone. So I'm going to bitch. Not good journalism. Not good technical writing. Now, I mean, I have at times said, I don't know whether I'd really want to get an Apple Watch or not, not just because of the cost of it, but whether I'd have a need for it, but that's okay. And I've said some skeptical things with regard to iPad and its use for productivity and my need for one. I know my wife loves her iPad and you can't get her away from it. Now with me, well, I have other priorities. I can't make it fit within my workflow. That's me. It doesn't mean that you can't buy an iPad. My wife has an iPad. Let's talk about the MacBook in relation to the argument about the ports, because Apple made a big deal over the fact that this is a product that's designed for people who live in a mostly wireless environment. Sure. It's like an iPad. It has iPad envy. It even comes in gold and space gray. But but seriously. I remember space gray is the final frontier. As soon as a dock comes out for it, you know, a little dock, you plug in USB-C and you get your get your video and you get your USB-3 for connecting a drive. It's over. There's no worries. This is this is Apple's laying out the future tentatively, but not depriving us of choice. The fact that the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro were updated on Monday and that you have six options in the comparison chart. There's uh, two different MacBook Airs and there's three different MacBook Pros. This just kind of fleshes out the line for those people who are familiar with iPads, who, like you said, live a wireless life, don't really want to be shackled with wires. Maybe maybe somebody like John Martellaro who wants to sit in a recliner and just write and doesn't need to be connected to a lot of things. It's not going to be your only computer either. Well, to some it can be. There's no reason why it can't to some people be your only computer. Remember the argument given about the first MacBook Air, which was what, 2008? Not enough ports. There's no super drive. How can people use it? Where's the Ethernet jack? Hmm. You know, the, the Apple people sound amazingly like Microsoft IT people of the past. We need this. We need this kind of connectivity. You know, this thing violates our rules. It doesn't have the Ethernet port that's required for our network. (laughs) It's amazing. Well, there'll be a dock that'll solve people's problems. Right now, there's no way, as I understand it, to connect a display, but it does support a display. Um, And so when the dock comes out with DisplayPort, you know, you're up and running. No big deal. It's cute. It's small. It's light. You know, when I was hauling a four and a half pound MacBook Pro around WWDC years ago, I'd have killed for a two pound MacBook that allowed me to write and take notes. Oh, man. So, yeah, people want to focus on the lack of ports, but it's just because there are lots of naysayers out there who want to whine. And, you know, if it doesn't really do well, you have options. Nobody's forcing you to buy it. We'll see how it does in the marketplace. It either forges ahead and people love it and embrace it, 
because they have iPads too and they're used to being wireless, or it'll be a flop and Apple will continue to develop the, the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro. It was very smart of them to keep those products available to those of us who need it and sort of kind of carve out a little bit of the future for those who want to experiment with a new kind of future and um, have it both ways. I think it's great. It may also be the kind of Mac that someone new to the platform, accustomed to an iPhone or an iPad, who feels they need a personal computer, would quickly be adapted to. Sure, sure. The one thing I worry about is uh, backups. You know, with iPads, I think a lot of people, with iPads and iPhones, I think there are a lot of people who, if you ask them, when's the time, when's the last time you backed up your um, iPhone to your Mac or your PC? And they said, really, you can do that? And then there's other people who know that they can back up to the cloud and never even think about backing up to a, a physical machine they may not even own a Mac or a PC, they may just have a phone and so they back up to the cloud. So, you know, times are changing a little bit, but um, again, a dock, time machine, little external terabyte drive, you're all set. As simple as that. I think it is. Well, you know, the other arguments made about the MacBook, and we understand why it was done, is we have a thinner keyboard with less travel, supposedly with better key tops. But that's a point of contention by some people and a lot of people who got hands-on over at Apple headquarters over at the Apple media event say, well, you know, this is going to take some time to get used to. But that's true with any keyboard. I mean, anytime a keyboard has a different feel, you have to spend a little while to get accustomed to the change. Well, Kirk McElhern, who's been on your show, I think, um, Quite often, yes. And I uh, were tweeting to each other the other day, and we were thinking, you know, this is an ultimate writer's machine with this butterfly keystroke and uh, very light in your lap and 10-hour battery life. Um, it is the ultimate uh, writer's. Uh, admittedly, we're kind of writer-centric, um, but I think a lot of people who want to carry around something really light and, and and have have Yosemite, you know, at their fingertips. Students, professors, lab researchers, mm, government people. I think there's a big market for a product like this as a as a solution to, for portability and ease of use, not necessarily as a problem. It, it's it it solves more problems than it creates. Well, as with anything else, it depends the kind of workflow you have. If I was doing strictly writing, which I'm not, I would consider this or something like it in place for my 17-inch MacBook Pro. My workflow includes audio. I have several apps up there. I want the largest screen possible. I have a 2010 17-inch MacBook Pro, and I'm using one of these other world Those computing. Those are monsters. That's a monster. <laughs> six and a half pounds. Oh, geez. But it was terribly slow, and then... I recently reviewed this other world computing 480 gigabyte solid state drive. It made all the difference. Suddenly this... As they tend to do. (laughs) Yes. As they surely do. And suddenly what was slow is now quite fast. And in terms of raw computing power, it's faster than a MacBook Air of current vintage. And certainly it's faster than the MacBook. But the MacBook is using a low power 
Intel Core M chip. And we can't argue against that because that's the point of it, to use as little power as possible, allow them to create a device that didn't need a cooling fan, make it as tiny as possible, as slim as possible, get decent battery life, get good enough performance. Good enough. Because a lot of things that people do are disk intensive. So you have fast solid state drives, even though it can't crunch numbers like the MacBook Pro or even the MacBook Air. That doesn't matter. John Martellaro of the Mac Observer is here. That matters. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. largest independently owned communications network gcn graphic converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us it does not use any database you get full control of all your files want to view the images of a folder drag it into graphic converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files you could use it for slideshows you could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners need to do some image editing you can do that too in graphic converter also print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com It's no secret that government and big business buy in bulk and get huge discounts not available to the little guy. Until now. Introducing a breakthrough crowd-buying website where people can join together, buy in bulk, and get massive discounts on millions of popular products. It's Togethersave.com. Togethersave.com. You can save 20, 30, or even 50% off tablets, smartphones, cars, appliances, textbooks, sports equipment, video games, and much more. All with free delivery. Check it out. Togethersave.com. Visit now and start group buying today at Togethersave.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. The freeze-dry guy, leader in the preparedness industry for 44 years, is closing his California warehouse. Don't miss out on this huge warehouse sale and receive discounts from 30 to 40% off on the finest mountain house and pack-away brand freeze-dried and dehydrated foods for long-term food storage or even everyday use. Plus, deep discounts on all in-stock survival gear. The freeze-dry guy is offering a wide selection of freeze-dried foods in number 10 cans and even individually packaged entrees. Remember, meats, vegetables, fruits, and long-range patrol rations are the main components for any long-term food storage. This is limited to stock on hand, so hurry and call 866-404-3663 or 530-798-4414. Remember, as always, free shipping to the lower 48 states. So hurry up and call 866-404-3663 or 530-798-4414. Remember, this is limited to stock on hand. 
The freeze-dry guy is your choice for survival food in an uncertain world. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of HB extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. John Martellaro of the Mac Observer is here. We're talking about the MacBook, a writer's machine free of the constraints of the wired world. And just before we get to another topic, I was looking up the future of Wi-Fi. So you've got another technology, 802.11ax instead of AC. It's supposed to offer up to four times the speed for per-device transfers. Now think about this for a moment. The faster that you make Wi-Fi, the less you need to have the wires. Right, and then it's sensible to uh, back up to Time Machine wirelessly, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's the future. Wires are going away. You should see my desk. <laughs> Covered in wires. <laughs> well, imagine what I have here. I have several microphones with these large professional connectors, the XLR connectors. And then I have the USB speakers. Mm -hmm. And then I have a USB port. And then I have two external drives connected separately. One's USB 3, one is FireWire 800. Then I have the memories. printer. Uh, then I have a memories. second printer. Then I have the VoIP telephone adapter and a second Ethernet switch and Apple Airport Extreme and the cable modem, wire after wire. And it's very obvious by Apple's use of USB-C, their end game is no wires, period. Eventually, you will even charge your device without wires. Now, I'm not talking about sticking it on some kind of platform, one of these wireless charging things which are really, really clunky. It's just as easy to plug in something. I'm talking about it's all wireless. And what do you have in mind? Are you talking about... I think that's the end game. I think, Apple, I think Apple's end game here is that there will be no wires. You will be able to have extra devices, but they will all connect wirelessly. Everything. Well, you know, there was a time when we were worried about what we called, I, I forget who first dubbed it, it might have been Ted Landau, iOSification, where we were worried that Apple was going to try to, in some mangled fashion, force iOS and Mac OS X, OS, OS X to merge in some awkward way. But look at what Apple's done. They've They've 
made OS 10 through Yosemite and iOS 8 work better together. The other morning, I was not yet awake, and I have an iPad Mini 3 on the nightstand, and my iPhone was way far away downstairs in my office with a closed door. And the doctor's office calls to remind me of an appointment, and it rings on my iPad Mini 3, and I pick it up and touch the speakerphone, and I talk to the receptionist, and I'm carrying on a cell phone conversation with my iPad, thanks to Apple's integration efforts. And then we, we come along, and we have a, a, a new MacBook that is remarkably similar to an iPad in its movement away from wires and its thinness and its colors. So Apple's merging the technologies in good ways, in helpful ways, and in useful ways, and, and not in some sort of ugly iosification mode. So that's kind of cool, I think. The thing about Apple is they always think, what is the computing experience going to be like a few years from now? Like when they ditched floppy drives and they ditched DVD drives. What's it going to be like not this year, not next year, but moving on, let's create the products that take people in that direction. Have you noticed nobody complains about loss of super drives in the MacBooks anymore? Loss of what? <laughs> super drives? We, you know, while, a while back, oh, I think maybe the top end 15-inch MacBook Pro still has a drive. A there is drive. a MacBook Pro, a 13-inch, a legacy MacBook Pro, still in the lineup. I think it has a DVD drive. Oh, yeah. All the others about, do not. Yeah, nobody complains about that anymore. It's sort of a done deal. Yeah, I don't miss it in my MacBook Air. Yeah, we move on. We figure out new ways. We live in new styles. Technology changes. We adapt. Move forward. You're seeing here... In so many ways, the future MacBook. That's why it's called MacBook. That's not why it's not a MacBook Air or some kind of different MacBook lighter than air or anything. It's not given a subtitle because this is the future MacBook. Oh, this is what will ultimately, because ultimately they see the Intel chips will be lower and lower power with more and more computing horsepower, the ability to run without fans, the ability to make a thin form factor light. Yeah. All this is not just for a one-off product. This is not a one-off product. They didn't develop this force-touch trackpad, which we haven't even covered yet, or this new keyboard for one product. It's for something that's going to spread through the entire line, more or less, Good in point. the next few years. Good point. You know, I w it's created a sort of a dilemma for us writers, though, because we used to use the term MacBook as a generic term for both MacBook Air and and MacBook Pro. But now that there's just this MacBook, so what do you do now if you want to have a, a word or phrase that refers to everything? You got to say Apple's notebook line or something. <laughs> you can't say MacBook anymore because you, that refers to a specific product now. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm just bitching as a writer. <laughs> Ah, but Apple doesn't care. I think they'll sell a ton of them with all the colors and everything. It's, remember, not that much more expensive than the 899 MacBook Air because by the time you double the memory on the MacBook Air and you add the larger drive, the 899 becomes $1,099. So for $200 more with a retina display and the 12-inch screen, you know, suddenly it's not that much more money. Let's move on to products. Okay. Right at the beginning of the media event, Tim Cook says, Apple TV, 
Oh, gosh, golly, gee whiz. Yeah, what are they doing with excited. Apple TV? Oh, my <laughs> heavens. It's $30 less, and we're getting HBO next month as a standalone product. Uh, all right. Oh. The $30 less was not only a response to Amazon's Fire TV, but it was also kind of an apology, I think. Oh, you know, kind of a, a lame thing like, oh, well, we don't have anything to offer, but guess what? We can we can give you a discount on a three-year-old product. Does, does that wash? <laughs> well, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I kind of wondered here. I, I'm with I, you. I was waiting for something cool. I kind of wonder here, you know what? Why couldn't they just upgrade it a little bit? Faster processor, make it runs faster. Support for 4K video, the hardware is out there. Yep. And keep the price the same. Yep. I was looking forward to a, a Apple TV fourth generation with 4K. Uh, maybe it's a little bit early. You definitely want to have one available for Christmas time because I think this year is going to be the 4K Christmas from what I've seen. So uh, you Apple better be ready at Christmas time. And I was hoping that would roll it out now. Well, you know, in terms of 4K... The TV makers are moving the 4K down the line. I'll give you an example of this Vizio, one of the larger manufacturers of mid-price or budget TV sets. Last year, they had something called the P-Series, just a level up from their mid-price model, 4K. Their mid-price series is the M-Series, which this year soon will have 4K. That leaves the E-Series, the cheapest one, and I guarantee you next year we'll have a 4K E-Series. What that means is, Within a year or so, all sets up with 4K. So uh, what's Apple up to? Well, my theory is is that um, Apple has sort of figured out that there's more glitz and there's more money to be made with MacBooks and with Apple Watches um, because that's a market that they can seize control of and make a lot of money. But they've been having a tough time really disrupting the TV industry. And I think Apple's kind of sat back and said, well, you know, now is not the time for us to jump in here and try to be disruptive in that industry. Let's let's do our thing with Apple Watch here for a while. And, you know, we've got these OTT over-the-top systems that we can leverage off of. And we've got Netflix and HBO now, and people are getting ready to cut their cords. And we can, we can leverage off of that for now. It is kind of... Um, annoying and mystifying that that apple's let this box stay the same for three years uh that's kind of a long time in technology but like you said a faster processor some people have asked for you know applications to play games um there is an issue with um input if you've ever um perhaps lost the if the apple tv has perhaps lost track of your Apple ID password or your Netflix password, and it's very long, it's a monumental pain to step through that matrix, you know, up, down, over to this, or down to that letter, and enter a very long password. And if you make a mistake, it's a pain to edit it. Yeah, you can't just fix one. You have to go through the full thing if you get it yeah, wrong. Start yeah. from scratch. John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. Joining us, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> A little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. 
Attention listeners, SurvivalLife.com is giving away free EverStrike permanent matches for a limited time only. These matches are waterproof and will light in any weather condition, rain, snow, or sleet. It will still throw a spark. Its built-in ferro rod strikes at 3,000 degrees, and it is good for 15,000 strikes. Normally, $15. Today, it's free. Get yours at FreeWaterproofMatch.com. Again, that's FreeWaterproofMatch.com. Hurry, supplies are limited. Visit FreeWaterproofMatch.com today. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carding to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Here is what one doctor has to say about Extendivite. I would like to thank you, Don, for making my job so much easier because your products just make it so simple, right? To fool around with a lot of exotic things that don't work. We can just put them on your product and things start to work almost right away. I've had dozens and dozens of patients with uh, heart problems who have corrected them. And what it's doing, there's so much garlic in there that has a yeast-killing effect. The yeast is a big problem in the gut, pushes the liver heart. It also has metal chelating effect. And most of the other herbs in there I find that strengthen the arteries. They help to neutralize free radicals. Your remedy close to what we do in our program as you can get as far as one supplement goes. It's working on the the gut, it's working on the liver, it's working on the arteries. What more can you ask for? To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Don't forget, neighbors, Tech Night Owl Plus. What's that? Well, if you subscribe to Tech Night Owl Plus, you get a higher quality version of the show, better quality audio. Right from the master recording, we don't have the network ads, so you could speed through it faster. And it's a modest five bucks a month. We have yearly and five year programs. Plus.technightowl.com, P L U S.technightowl.com. John Martellero of the Mac Observer is with us. And we're talking about the Apple Media event and why Apple TV status remains a disappointment and a mystery. So is it also possible this is just a holding action? That's what it seems to be to me. Yeah. This is the holding action. You know, what can we do quickly? Let's move that product, get more people using Apple TV, make it cheaper. So it becomes more and more of a casual purchase, especially against a Roku. It's not that much more expensive than the Google Chromecast or maybe the Fire TV. Let's move the product. And then this fall, we'll do something. Well, you know, Chris Breen had a good idea, and I wrote about this. Chris Breen was on a podcast that R. Kelly Gumont picked up on it, and she passed it on to me, uh, that um, maybe Apple's got a clever idea for using your Apple Watch to uh, uh, control a next-generation Apple TV. So maybe they're thinking maybe we want to get the watch out there to a lot of people, and we can leverage off of that instead of having... um, 
a silly uh, remote control that you lose. You could use the uh, digital crown, perhaps, in creative ways to better control your Apple TV. That might be a prospect. Chris sent me a tweet. He said, you know, I did that back in October. I might be wrong, but sometimes there's proper sequencing of Apple products to get things in place and have infrastructure. Speaking of Chris Breen, he's now at Apple. Yes, he is. I wish him a lot of luck. It's going to be fun. I I worked for Apple a long time ago. Had a lot of fun. It's an amazing company to work for. Anyway, good luck to Chris Breen at Apple. And let's see what happens with Apple TV. No more projections right now. Let's get into a number of other topics that are with us. And so we have the media, a few members of the media, writing all these articles why Apple Watch must be a failure. And I was reading the other day some quotes from this guy who has been an analyst for people like Microsoft and Dell, and he pretends to be a tech analyst that reports to the industry and reports to the press, Rob Enderley. So remember, (laughs) this guy is working for the competition. You shouldn't pay attention because he is always wrong. And I won't repeat what he wrote, but these fear-mongering statements about Apple Watch. Well, the screen is too small, and it's this, and it's that. It's going to fail. And I have to think, when was this guy ever right about anything? How can a person be so wrong and still be given credibility? How can you do that? I'll tell you why. If If you understand Apple, if maybe like Chris and me, you've worked for Apple, or you're well connected and you have a group of people who are uh, you know, ex-Apple employees that you hang with or you know a lot of developers, if you're really well plugged in and you understand Apple psychology, you can write from a position of strength and knowledge and authority. But a lot of people don't do that. They're just on the outside. You know, they're, they're bloggers writing in their mom's basement to use a... <laughs> uh, semi-derogatory phrase but for nobody really does that but uh, or maybe they do if you're if you're definitely on the outside and you don't have a lot of perspective uh, then you write as a fanboy and so the reaction to that is that if i'm being negative and i'm being tangible and i'm being technical then then i am writing from a position of experience and authority because i'm looking at something and i'm being critical and i'm not being a fanboy but what they overlook is, is that for every one of those fanboys who's just writing vacuous stuff, there are really good technical writers out there who understand Apple. Renee Ritchie at iMore and Peter Cohen and John Gruber and Jim Dalrymple, people who have great depth of understanding. And so they're not fanboys. They're bringing you insight and perspective and good information based on their connections. But the people who don't really like Apple or or want to seem critical, don't understand that. And so the only way they have of being authoritative is to be negative and to be critical. Makes them look smart and deep, but it really doesn't in the end. They don't want to be identified, as you say, as maybe someone who is pro-Apple or an Apple fanboy or fangirl or something like that. They want to say, look, I'm going to criticize Apple because that shows my objectivity. I know how to criticize this company that supposedly can do no wrong. I know the truth. But the problem with that is a lot of members of traditional media don't pay attention. They don't do their homework. They don't look at these people and say, wait a minute, they're making provocative statements. Have they ever been right? What's their track record? 
I mean, if they're wrong 99% of the time, which they are, why do I pay them heed? How come no one out there has the courage to say, wait a minute, Mr. Enderly, I've looked at your past statements about Apple. You're always wrong. You never yeah, get it right. Why should anybody his, his, pay attention to you? Because he has his constituents. There's polarization in politics. There's polarization in technology. So if you write to satisfy the people who like what you say because they're partisan, then you look good in that camp, but you look kind of silly amongst people who really know what's going on. Lazy reporting. They don't know what's going on. So anyway... Is it really possible for anyone to make a prediction about the possibilities for Apple Watch right now? I don't think it's possible because this is just too new a product. It's not tested. We realize there are going to be a certain demand because it just looks nice. It's elegant and Apple is going towards that market and they're doing very well with it. You, you can predict that it's going to be a success. The other day I, I dubbed something from a writer, uh, John Biggs, the Biggs dictum. And what he wrote was, is that Apple makes things people want to buy. while most manufacturers make things that they want people to buy. But some companies work real hard, you know, kind of quasi false advertising, tricky wording, you know, discounts, whatever, to try to get you to buy what they made. Apple doesn't have to work very hard. They, they figure out what people want. And so there's this natural connection to the customers. And so it's not real hard to predict that the Apple Watch is going to be successful because it's designed to appeal to people who want something like that. But in terms of coming up with numbers, that's hard. That's really hard. I think the only thing you can do is look at rumors from the supply chain about how many Apple's ordered that, well, if it's going to be a success, Apple will probably sell every one that they make. But other than that, I've seen numbers ranging from, you know, 5 million a year to 5 million a quarter, 20 million a year, 30 million next year. These are all just numbers that people make up because you really can't, like you said, predict how people respond to a product that's not yet shipping. But I guarantee you, Apple has a lot of experience and they really are plugged into the psychology of their customers. And they know how many iPhones are out there that support the Apple Watch. Going back to the iPhone 5, I'm thinking Apple's got a bet on how many they're making. And they're, I think they're going to make a good bet. The numbers I've seen is that they've ordered 5 or 7 million for starters. And they're going to sell them all. And, you know, Apple, in one of the earnings reports, said that they're not going to report Apple sales numbers. It's going to be folded into another category. So we really won't know how many they've sold for quite a while. But uh, you watch. After they start selling them, it's going to go like gangbusters. Well, the one thing you will know, if Apple announces, we just sold 5 million Apple Watches the first month, the first week, whatever, a fairly large number, a number that sounds significant, they will mention it. Oh, yes. If it's a great success, you can bet they will. And if it's not a success, they'll say, well, we want to keep the competition guessing. Well, it doesn't take very much to exceed that of all the competition. I mean, people are touting the great success of Pebble, okay? Since 2013, Pebble sold 1 million smartwatches since 2013. Supposedly in 2014, six-some-odd million smartwatches from all brands were sold. So if Apple sells 5 or 10 million the first quarter, they're already ahead of the industry. And how are they going to sell all those? I think it has to do with pricing. Let's get to that. Yeah. We'll get to it. John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. We'll get to it on the Tech Night Out Live. 
Neighbors, let Bitdefender worry about security. Just enjoy your Mac. Bitdefender antivirus for Mac. Complete protection 24-7. And take a selfie with your Mac, post it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and tag it Hugamac for a chance to win a MacBook Air. To learn more, go to bitdefender.com backslash Hugamac. bitdefender.com backslash Hugamac. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Mike Stennerson for Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Most people know that drinking pure high alkaline pH water is the most important factor in maintaining high energy and vibrant health. Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals. Using Plasma pH Drops is the best way to make your water alkaline to help you get rid of acid and regain your health and energy. Simply put 10 drops in the water you drink to raise the pH to a healthy level. Alkalizing water helps your body rid itself of acidic waste and increases the oxygen content of your body. Disease organisms like bacteria, viruses, and cancer cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops now by going directly to AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776 today. By now, you may have heard a bit about Bitcoins. But did you know Bitcoins are now over an $8.5 billion market? And did you know that over 65,000 businesses now accept Bitcoins? Listen, if you're already earning Bitcoins or trying to make money in the Bitcoin market, you've got to know BidBit.co. Why? Because BidBit.co is where you can easily receive Bitcoins by selling and auctioning off your own personal items or promote business products and services for Bitcoins. You heard right. Whether personal or business, you can now buy, sell, and 
auction your products and services quickly, easily, and securely for Bitcoin at BidBit.co, the first and only marketplace website to offer BidBit escrow, a proprietary technology which gives buyers and sellers security and peace of mind because all transactions are protected. Start today. It's free to join, free to post, free to auction, and free to bid at BidBit.co. Buy, sell, bid, or auction everything Bitcoin. That's www.bidbit.co. BidBit.co. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Let's get to it. John Martellaro of the Mac Observer getting to... All right. The fact here with regard to Apple Watch sales is that whether you buy the $349 version or you really get the $17,000 edition with the best bracelet and everything, it's the same watch. Okay. The rest is jewelry. The rest is appearance. It's fashion. But both watches work the same way All they three. work just as well mm -hmm. brian chaffin at the mac observer who you've also had on the show has he's his, a big watch guy has his doubts yes he is a very big watch guy and so is uh, dave hamilton um he has his doubts about whether this apple watch edition will hold its value uh the estimates i've seen are that at most it has about a troy ounce of gold so you're looking at 12 maybe $1,200, maybe $2,000 worth of actual gold on the watch. And, and, and so, you know, Apple was kind of caught in a sales syndrome in, in that if you're going to compete with the big guys, you have to price your watch along with theirs. So uh, Brian makes a very good point. If you've got a very exotic, high-end, finely crafted Swiss watch with lots of different gears and jewels and is handmade it's going to cost a lot of money so for apple to come along with a digital watch put an ounce of gold on there and sell it for ten thousand dollars brian has his doubts about whether that watch is going to hold its value and appreciate like some other watches in the industry luxury watches have aside from that i think the the apple sport watch and the apple watch are very reasonably priced uh, the difference in price between the Sport Watch and the Apple Watch is reflected in Apple's costs for the stainless steel, the machining, uh, and the sapphire. And then you multiply that by uh, some factor. It's typically four over Apple's own costs. And it's easy to see a $200 uh, increment between the Sport Watch at $349 and the Apple Watch at, at $549. That's 38 millimeters. I think Apple was pretty sensitive to the idea that they couldn't price themselves out of the market. And that's something that, that, again, the naysayers don't understand. There's a lot of people out there with some disposable income. $500 watch is not a lot of money for people who, you know, don't worry too much about spending $1,200 on a MacBook or $799 on a nice iPad Air 2. So for people to come along, and some of my readers have, and say, Wow, three forty nine. You think that's reasonable? That's 
crazy. I can't afford 349. If I can't afford it, then sour grapes. Yeah, nobody can afford it. But there's a I guarantee you there's a lot of people out there who can drop $10,000 on an Apple Watch. They also own a Lamborghini. And there's a lot of Apple enthusiasts out there who want to have an Apple Watch and they already have an iPhone. Face it, and when you buy an iPhone, you spend $650 every year. Whether you know it or not, you're spending that $650. It's $199 and then the rest is folded into your contract. So $350 or $550 for a watch, depending on your taste, is a pretty aggressive price for Apple's customers who have always appreciated premium products, well-made products, products that can be admired, that you enjoy using, that are best of breed. And I think that pricing guarantees that they're going to sell a lot of them. What about the future-proofing problem? They didn't mention anything like that. You know, there are people who um, are worried about I, I called uh, one of my colleagues the other day a fretful nerd who was trying to figure out, well, if I spend 500 now, what happens when Apple comes out with the Apple Watch 2 next year? And my investment is lost, and I've been screwed, and what am I going to do? And I'm, I spent all this money, and now it's obsolete. And I'm going, you know, I'm going to buy whatever watch I want. And a year from now, I'll let the future take care of itself. I'll sell it. I'll hand it down. I might get 38 millimeter and hand it down to my wife. Apple has this recycle program where you can go to a website and sell your um, Macintosh or your iPad or your iPhone back to Apple. And if it's in great shape, you'll get a really good price. So you might be, they might add the Apple Watch to the recycle program. Uh, we just found out the other day that the uh, battery is going to be replaceable. Uh, not by you, but you'll be able to hand it over to Apple and they'll replace the battery. It's supposed to be good for about three years. I fix it. We'll figure out a way. Yeah. So maybe there's something we don't know yet. Maybe it's upgradable. Maybe the hardware is so flexible that Apple will be able to continue to issue upgrades to the software until the watch becomes scratched and you want to, you know, hand it down to your kid or sell it to somebody. So, you know, there, there's so many fretful people who think, oh, I couldn't, I can't buy this watch. I'm going to get screwed in a year. Just buy what you want, enjoy it, and let the future take care of itself. In, in, in defense of this attitude, I've never bought an Apple product where I had buyer's remorse. Now, I've had this long succession of Apple products going back to an Apple II integer basic apple II, which i loved and then i bought the apple soft card and plugged it in that was even greater and then started playing games you know and then i went through the apple II c and the apple II, and and the mac series came along and fun with those the apple is aggressive in getting you to update your products and they've done very well with upgrading your phone every year that's true but i don't see apple obnoxiously and arrogantly screwing all the people who bought an Apple Watch. I think they're going to enjoy it for years to come. There'll be some software upgrades. And when it's time to get a new watch, it's time to get a new watch. So we'll see how long that holds up. You see, I think the ultimate improvement of the Apple Watch would be to make it a standalone product, no longer an iPhone companion. That might take a year or two. Well, you know, I, I wrote an article just today about the Apple Car, and I hypothesized that, you know, the iPhone's not going to stay the same forever. No instantiation of technology in physical form ever stays the same. You know, think about RCA cables on your den and receiver from 1980. 
Think about audio cassettes, eight-track tapes, even iPods. Physical instantiations of technology always change. And I predict that in 10 years, we won't even be thinking about staring at a little uh, brick, you know, holding it in our hand. Maybe, maybe all the guts of an iPhone will be folded into an Apple Watch. That's going to be two years from now. And there'll be a way to project images from the watch onto a, into the air so that you can have a bigger display, holographic display floating in air or something like that. So years from now, we won't be carrying around iPhones and sitting on them and bending them. Um, physical technology changes. So um, that's, that's another reason to have an Apple Watch. And two or three years from now, we won't consider a two-pound notebook computer to be too small or lacking in features or lacking in ports or things like that. We've got so much more to talk about with John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. But first, I want you to visit plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. Learn all about Tech Night Owl Plus. And right now we're offering a higher quality audio copy of the show with 41 minutes of network ads removed for a modest monthly subscription fee. This is the Tech Night Owl Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV
There's a man named Dr. Joel Wallach who is anything but your typical doctor, both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician. Doc asks, why does the United States spend more money on health care by far and still rank 50th in health and longevity worldwide? He believes that people should empower themselves with a basic understanding of nutrition, take charge of their health, and attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs that lead to side effects and more toxic prescription drugs. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the big government, big pharma, and big insurance manipulation of our health care system. I'm George Norrie, and I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people about health care. Visit criticalhealthnews.com and listen to Dr. Wallach's Deadly Recipes Lecture. It makes a lot of sense, and I urge you to join our Critical Health News team. Go to criticalhealthnews.com. That's criticalhealthnews.com. The freeze-dry guy, leader in the preparedness industry for 44 years, is closing his California warehouse. Don't miss out on this huge warehouse sale and receive discounts from 30 to 40% off on the finest Mountain House and Packaway brand freeze-dried and dehydrated foods for long-term food storage or even everyday use. Plus deep discounts on all in-stock survival gear. The freeze-dry guy is offering a wide selection of freeze-dried foods in number 10 cans and even individually packaged entrees. Remember, meats, vegetables, fruits, and long-range patrol rations are the main components for any long-term food storage. This is limited to stock on hand, so hurry and call 866-404-3663 or 530-798-4414. Remember, as always, free shipping to the lower 48 states. So hurry up and call 866-404-3663 or 530-798-4414. Remember, this is limited to stock on hand. The freeze-dry guy is your choice for survival food in an uncertain world. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So there you go with Apple Watch. Very clearly, Apple will gain success to some degree. But I'm still skeptical about long-term viability for people who want something that's going to last. If you're spending $17,000, okay. You want to buy one every year? Maybe you can, but maybe you'd rather have something like a Rolex where 10 years from now it's still there. Now, I've never had a Rolex, so I don't know anything about the Mystique. I've seen them. My late brother-in-law had a fake Rolex that his wife just (laughs) gave to me as very dirty and needs a new crown. And I don't know, going into the watch repair shop and saying, this is a fake Rolex. Can you fix it? What's it going to cost? Well, you know, speaking of cost, Gene, the, the Apple Watch might end up being a real bargain. One of the, the science fiction fantasies I have is that this, this watch, if you use it right, is going to make you smarter, more aware, more efficient. You know, when Apple gives a demo, they provide a lot of different capabilities of the watch. And you may be overwhelmed by the visual presentation and think that, well, you know, I, I can't possibly use all these features. Well, don't. Pick the ones that make you more efficient. If having your boarding pass on your watch saves you a lot of fuss, if instead of having to sit at your desk and print out a boarding pass uh, and waste of paper and a waste of time, you can cruise into the airport, 
and scan your watch and board the plane, you've just avoided a lot of fussing with technology. The other day I was trying to print something out and the printer stopped working and I couldn't get my printer started again. Can you imagine if you're late for a flight, having that happen to you? Turns out I rebooted my Mac (laughs) and that printer worked. That's a side story. I have a feeling that there will be unintended consequences, that people will learn how to use the watch. And I think this is what Apple's aiming at, actually. People will learn how to exploit the watch and do things that they could have never done before, even with their iPhone. And if that makes you quicker, more alert, fewer missed meetings, less standing in line, more uh, uh, less, uh, less fuss checking out at Panera Bread where you just wave your hand and, and pay for your sourdough bread, uh, your life is going to be better, more efficient. And to the extent you can exploit the iPhone to be more aware of your surroundings and more communicative and more productive, you're going to start loving uh, the Apple Watch if you use it in the right way. That's the trick, is to figure out how it leverages you, which aspects of it are great, and which aspects you don't need. I probably the first thing I'll do is turn notifications off because I don't want notifications nagging at me while I'm writing. I've got notifications turned off so I can concentrate. But as soon as I'm out of the house, I want those notifications on. I don't want to miss important cell phone calls and I don't want to miss important meetings like this show and reminders and things like that. So it's hard to phantom the evolution of a product. And we've had the iPhone for, what, seven, eight years now. Well, in, in July, it'll be eight years, right? And we've seen how that's evolved. Can you imagine what the Apple Watch is going to be like after done, Apple's done working on it for eight years? It's going to be amazing. And it hasn't even shipped yet. And people are saying, no, it's a failure. I don't see that. Well, as I said, I don't know if I'll buy one or not. You know, maybe I'll just fix up this fake Rolex. And pretend it's a real Rolex. I don't know what it costs to replace the crown on a fake Rolex. Maybe I should ask Brian. Hey, Brian, yeah, you know, write me a letter. Yeah, How much does it cost to fix the crown on a fake Rolex and clean it up and polish it and make it look like something? Well, you know, you're probably looking at about 1500 bucks On the fake Rolex? Well, I mean, a fake Rolex is just as complicated and just as difficult to deal with in terms of fixing it and repairing it uh, as a real one. It's just, it, right? I mean, it looks the same and operates the same, so it probably ought to cost the same to repair. I'm thinking of just the crown, but, you know, it might not be worth it. Let's see. Maybe we have a volunteer watchmaker out there. Now, back right, right. in the 1980s, late 1980s, I'm setting up a Mac at home, and I needed a mailing list software of some kind because I wanted to publish a small magazine. And so I bought FileMaker, a database. Now, believe it or not, there's still a FileMaker out there. You go to FileMaker.com. It's owned by Apple. It's still there. But does anyone even remember those products anymore? No. Along the way, FileMaker kind of priced itself out of the home market. And another thing happened, and that was the public internet. It turned out that when we were sitting alone with our Apple II And we had a 300 bit per second modem, maybe dial in every once in a while to AOL or the source or CompuServe and get some email. But mostly you were just sitting there with you and your computer. What to do? Well, there were database programs available for the Apple II. 
some pretty nice ones. And it occurs to you, oh, I want to keep track of my wines, or I want to keep track of my coin collection, or my records, CDs, records, whatever. And so you start building a database because that's what we did when we were learning how to use our early computers. And that continued on into the early Macintosh days, 84. But then in 97, I think when the public internet came along, we discovered that there was such a rich environment out there that searching kind of replaced cataloging. For, for example, I used to have a card catalog of all my books, and then I thought about digitizing it. But what does that tell you? It doesn't tell you very much. It tells you you have a card or you have a, you have a record in a database. It doesn't tell you where the book is. It doesn't tell you whether you loaned it to a friend in 2004 and you've never seen it since. It doesn't tell you anything interesting about the contents of the book. It's just a data record. And you could probably sum it up and say, well, yeah, I've got 451 books. So what? The internet is so much more useful in terms of, say, Amazon right now, where you could do, say, a search on Yosemite. And Amazon would come up with some really good books like, you know, the Beginner's Guide to Yosemite or the Missing Manual for Yosemite. So you do this search and you download it to your, your Kindle. And so, so now you've acquired something of tangible value through searching as opposed to stamp collecting information. And it turns out that the information and the knowledge on the internet is infinitely more interesting and usable than the minor and inconsequential cataloging of whatever you've got at home, whether it's paperback books or wines. It just turned out to be a waste of time. So you combine that with, you know, FileMaker kind of pricing itself out of the market and people having more and more trouble understanding how to use the product. And then the fact that, you know, most people think in terms of flat files anyway. Mentally, we don't think of relational databases with inside connections and keys and things like that to construct a relational database. If you're a small businessman and you've got customers and you've got invoices, and you've got products, that's perfect for a relational database. But that's a very small market segment. And they all either you know, use that product effectively or they'll farm it out to somebody else. But for the average home user, they're consumed with the internet and they're doing much more productive things on the internet. And so the, the need for a database just isn't there. I have free database software online. I can get a shopping cart free to set up on my website. I can set up a WordPress blog. I can establish catalog entries. I don't need yeah. to have that local product if I want mailing lists. Right. There and are mailing list managers that I sure. could install on my website, well, you, which is you, what you, I do. You, I have a mailing list access. manager called ProDada. And mm-hmm. you can look it up, ProDada. And it's what they call a mailing list script. Not too hard to set up. And that way you can send out mailing lists. You don't have to buy something for two or $300. And that's the point right there. John Martellero of the Mac mm. Observer is joining us for one more segment of the Tech Night Out Live. Independent. 
independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Attention listeners, SurvivalLife.com is giving away free EverStrike permanent matches for a limited time only. These matches are waterproof and will light in any weather condition, rain, snow, or sleet. It will still throw a spark. Its built-in ferro rod strikes at 3,000 degrees, and it is good for 15,000 strikes. Normally, $15. Today, it's free. Get yours at FreeSurvivalMatch.com. That's FreeSurvivalMatch.com. Hurry, supplies are limited. Visit FreeSurvivalMatch.com today. This is Holly Thomas, Group Vice President of Cause Marketing for Macy's. Our company is working together with the March of Dimes through March for Babies to raise money and awareness about the serious problem of premature birth in the U.S. That's why Macy's is committed to raising funds through our employees, customers, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies everywhere. Won't you please join us in March for Babies? Start a team today at marchforbabies.org. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters Filters can last for five to ten years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Extend your life with Extendovite. Here is what one doctor has to say about Extendovite. I would like to thank you, Don, for making my job so much easier because your products just make it so simple, right? To fool around with a lot of exotic things that don't work. We can just put them on your product and things start to work almost right away. I've had dozens and dozens of patients with uh, heart problems who have corrected them. And what it's doing, there's so much garlic in there that has a yeast-killing effect. The yeast is a big problem in the gut, pushes the liver hard. It also has metal chelating effect. And most of the other herbs in there I find that strengthen the arteries. They help to neutralize free radicals. Your remedy 
as close to what we do in our program as you can get as far as one supplement goes. It's working on the, the gut, it's working on the liver, it's working on the arteries. What more can you ask for? To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So FileMaker Pro is still being sold by Apple, but for how long? John Martellaro, what do you think? Well, I think FileMaker Pro has its uses and businesses, as I was explaining in the previous segment, where you have products and invoices and customer mailing lists, and you have to connect those in a relational database in the proper way. But as I was saying in the previous segment, ordinary home users think, I believe, in terms of flat files. And it turns out there's convenient tools, to, and sometimes even free, for you to build a flat file database. For example, you know, Numbers comes free now with OS X, and you might have a copy of uh, Excel uh, because you acquired Microsoft Office 2011 on the way or your employer provided it to you. And, and there's other minor tools like that that allow you to construct a convenient flat file database that gives you a visual presentation of it. One of the problems with Building a database is you have to create input forms, you have to create output forms. When you've got an Excel spreadsheet or a number spreadsheet, you can just look at the data and you can say, I see what I've got. You can sort it right then and there. If you're even reasonably accomplished with a spreadsheet, you can do some interesting things, calculations. If you want to do your books, fine. You know, you have a, a column for the name, a column for the publisher and the date. And then you can sum them up and figure out how many books you have, and you might have a notation about you know, whether I read it or loaned it. So it, it turns out that a real technical database isn't really very useful, and people can't see spending the money. You know, when somebody bitches at the App Store about spending $4.99 on an app instead of $1.99, how much more interested are they going to be in spending three or $400 on a full-blown relational database to keep track of their, their wine collection? It's just silly. Nobody does it. Time to move on. So basically, this will reach a smaller and smaller audience over the years. Right. I mean, I, I know there's a, a couple of minor databases available in the App Store. And I think one of them, I forget the name of it, sells for like $39 or $29. And I think it's just for old timers who want to have the luxury of, you know, old days of creating a database and keeping track of stuff. Like their fly fishing lures or you know this or that but nobody has time for that anymore between netflix and amazon prime and your work and your family and your kids and your macintosh and keeping up with your reading at the macobserver.com so you know what's going on fiddling with the database is very unproductive because what do you what, what do you do with it when you, when you're done with it it just kind of sits there you might keep track of the vacations that you've had. One of the things I've discovered in, in time is, is that people collect things thinking that they're going to be able to you know, go back and do them. We collected the, the Stargate series on DVD. Remember Stargate, the original show? Okay, you uh, had several Stargates. You had the movie, the, the first then one. you had Stargate SG-1. 
Stargate, Stargate Atlantis, years, Stargate Universe, and a couple right. of movies over a 10-year period. So what was his name? O'Neill? The um, MacGyver guy. O'Neill. So that was Stargate SG-1. We bought all 10 years. Do you know how, how many times we've been able to go back and say, oh, let's, let's watch season four, episode six, zero. It turns out to be big thing, you know, when you collect it, but it becomes a burden to maintain it, to database it, to put it on a shelf, to decide when you're going to go back to it. Now, I have some favorite movies that I've watched. You know, I really have an affection for for a movie uh, called uh, The Dish, which was made in New Zealand, Australia. Australia. Funny. We've watched Frozen a couple times. So there are some movies that you're going to watch over and over. The Born Identity series, favorites. You know, it's worth having them on Blu-ray because you, know, you just keep watching them and they're so much fun. I had a friend years ago when she got sick, she stayed at home, had a cold. She would fire up Star Wars episode four, five, and six and watch them in sequence. It would totally involve her mentally and it would distract her from being sick. And that's a great series to watch four, five, and six. You know, it's about, it's what, seven or eight hours of video and it's fun. Keeps your mind off your cold. But in general, you know, there's this attempt to get you to collect things that you never end up using so you've got things that you don't use in a database maybe that you never have time to access life's too short let me just tell everybody here about stargate sg1 richard dean anderson played colonel jack o'neill jack o'neill the same role that kurt russell played in the movie michael shanks was hired because he looks somewhat like a young james spader playing Dr. Daniel Jackson. I think James Spader was the big star of the original Stargate, just as he's the star now as the evil person in the TV show Blacklist. Or even in Boston Legal, playing opposite William Shatner. I thought that that was was a fun show. Oh, that was a fun show. And they'd sit on the deck after a hard day's work, and they'd have a scotch in one hand, a cigar in the other. And you had these two great character actors... (sighs) And you don't realize what that a good is. actor Shatner is until you see him here. And oh, he's just God. really funny and wacky and egotistical. He's a national Denny Crane. Singer. The famous he's line, a- Denny Crane. The first time I heard that, I mean, we roll over laughing that this is Captain Kirk on speed or something. Because he's this egomaniac who's a complete goofball. You know, he's a complete goofball. But, you know, he thinks he's the greatest thing in the yeah, world. Well, he is. He's so creative and he's so energetic and he's always doing something. He has a, he has a great sense of humor. You ever seen him on, on the old Ferguson show where they, they reenacted that? They'd get a chair, armchair, and put it in front of the fireplace and Shatner and Ferguson would sit there and talk and Shatner would blow f- smoke in Ferguson's face. It was, it was hilarious. But yeah. everybody else, except for Leonard Nimoy, hated Shatner on Star Trek. And I think part of it is because he seemed a little bit too full of himself because he was Captain Kirk and maybe resentful for a while that Spock got more mail back in the 60s. Well, you know, um, they called me Mr. Spock. I'll tell you a secret. When I was an undergraduate, uh, my girlfriend's friends called me Mr. Spock because I was so serious and I was a physics major. Mr. Spock's character, bless Leonard Nimoy, paved the way he made it okay for a whole generation of baby boomers to be technical and be nerds and go to work for nasa 
and do orbital calculations and send men to the moon and put up satellites and build rockets and build computers. And he made it okay for us. And that was fabulous. I saw this interview with Leonard Nimoy last year. I guess he knew then he was suffering from this lung disease, COPD, and maybe he only had months or a year or two to live. And he's explaining the background of that Vulcan greeting, which he saw in the synagogue, and his manner and the way he's pronouncing the Jewish words. You thought of him as a rabbi. John Martellero, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the things that you do. I'm senior editor at the Mac Observer, www.macobserver.com. Come see us. We sure will. You can see us on Twitter, by the way, where we're known as Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. And don't forget to check out Tech Night Owl Plus. That's where we'll give you the higher quality version of the show, better quality audio, free of the network ads. People have asked us about that. And the only way we can do it is to charge you a modest fee of a dollar and a quarter a show or less. $5 a month, 50 bucks a year, $175 for five years. Go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. And just as important, we're going to add features to it. This is not the end of it. It's the beginning of that thing. We have a comparable service with our other radio show, The Paracast, at paracast.com, called The Paracast Plus. And this week on our show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night, we've got Linda Godfrey, and she's back to talk about her new book called American Monsters, A History of Monster Lore, Legends, and Sightings in America. So, you know, if you're certainly watching fictional monsters on television, this is about the real monsters, the Jersey Devil. Some people called me the Jersey Devil because I lived in New Jersey for several years. But don't say anything about that, John. Also about Bigfoot and strange winged creatures at theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. And right now, on the Tech Night Out Live, we say so long for this time to John Martellero of the Mac Observer. Hey, this was fun. See you next time. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.